the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Monday, April 19th, 2021. Your hour here, 602-508-0960. No one better to start the hour off with than Dana and Chandler. Hi, Dana. Hi, Seth. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am well. My hometown is not, but I am well. Tell me about the doggies first. Make everyone happy. Say something about puppies. We are expecting babies on May 11th. Um, it's actually a really, really exciting breeding for me because it's my very first baby that I ever bred that's actually having babies. Uh, yeah, I guess that kind of makes me a grandma. I was just going to say, yep. Yeah, um, to a really, really, really nice um, uh, import from the U.K. Good. Um, and he's beautiful, so good. we're very excited about that. Good, good. So that's the good news in the world. The yeah. bad news is, is my hometown is not doing good. And your hometown being um, Chandler or the United States of America? No, my hometown being the Twin Cities of Minneapolis. I forgot you're Paul. a Minneapolis-St. Paul girl. That's right. Okay. Yeah, St. Paul. There's a big difference. Know. But, um, you know, it's kind of one and the same mm-hmm. when you're dealing with what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the media has already tried Derek Chauvin and convicted him. Yep. and. Maxine Waters obviously fanned the flames this weekend in basically saying that, you know, if he's not guilty, we're going to burn the place down. I think they're going to burn the place down no matter what. Oh, I think there's going to be violence no matter what. There's going to be violence. And, you know, you and I aren't alone in thinking that. The National Guard is there. They think that. Yeah. And I, you know, my husband and I both, our families are, all of them, our siblings, our parents are still there. Um. And, and in first ring suburbs, so, you know, one burb out of the city. Um, and I have been taking your advice and not discussing politics um, with my parents, but I did ask my mom today if they had any kind of a plan, if things get dangerous, you know, what they're going to do. Are they going to leave the cities? They have a lake home in northern Wisconsin, which is not unusual for a lot of Minnesotans to have a lake home. Um, and my mom's answer to me was very telling, and I think the media has done a very good job of brainwashing the people in Minnesota. So I asked her what the plan was, and she said, no, there's no plan. They're not coming for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, you know, you, you should think about maybe heading up to the lake and staying there for a while. And she said, no, no. She said, it's a big city. You know, only a few places will see protests. And then she says, if he gets off, meaning Derek Chauvin being found not guilty, I will join join those protests myself. And I can't help but think, my God, what has happened to innocent until proven guilty? And they already have determined that he's guilty. I don't know how... I don't know how it's going to go down, but it's, it's, it's going to be ugly. And I'm, I'm really fearful for all of my friends and family that live there and, and what the consequences of this is going to be. 
One of it's, the it's, it's, it's being fanned by not just Maxine Waters, by the way. Um, it's being fanned by the governor, Tim, Tim Waltz. Is that his name? Oh, he's terrible. I saw he's him terrible. today give a press conference, and he said, you know, he was doing his his um, his routine about everyone calm, wait for verdict kind of stuff. And he said, but regardless of the verdict, we are going to be engaging in systematic reforms here. And we'll be doing it from broad input from the community. But there are a few things we can all agree on. And one of those things we can all agree on is you shouldn't get killed for being pulled over on a traffic violation. And I thought, OMG, he is giving out the message that that's what got that's what led to death here. The and lies are killing us. The, that is a the, lie. Yes, the, that is a yes, lie, and, and it is feeding and it is feeding a, a frenzy of myth. Yeah, and and they. I mean, my mom is not an ignoramus by any stretch of the imagination, but how much she time believes the lies? Yeah. Well, how much time do you have, Dana? Do you have time for to hear something I, out? I got all day. Listen to this from Dennis Prager today, Bill. I want I want to play. I wanted to play this anyway. Dennis Prager going through. A piece from the American Spectator. Go ahead, Bill. In the meantime, I would like to bring to your attention the Dante, the American Spectator piece, the real reason for the. Uh, we will never hear the last of these names, Eric Garner. Alton Sterling, Michael Brown, George Floyd, Rashad Brooks, and now Dante Wright. We will never hear the last of them because there will always be more. And because certain people are invested in forcing us to hear about them. But what they demand we hear isn't the truth. Now, Reason Magazine, he notes, made uh, an argument that the of the deadly about the deadly stupidity of laws like the one Minnesota has criminalizing the hanging of air fresheners or other items from the rearview mirror of a car. Reason Magazine's Billy Binion pronounced Dante Wright dead as a result of that idiotic statute. He's wrong. That law, disgracefully ridiculous though it might be, did not kill Dante Wright. Dante Wright, or at least the life he led, killed Dante Wright. He was pulled over because he had air fresheners hanging from his rearview mirror. He was pulled over because he had expired tags on his license plate. Then it was noticed that he had air fresheners hanging from his rearview mirror. He wasn't, sorry, I made a big boo-boo. He wasn't pulled over because he had air fresheners hanging from his rearview mirror. He was pulled over because he had expired tags on his license plate. Then it was noticed that he had air freshness from the rearview mirror. Then it was noticed he got back in his car and drove away from the police, which he had done before, as it turned out. Wright had fled from officers in June. The circumstances from which that police encounter arose make for scintillating reading. He was reported to the police for waving a gun around. And when the cops showed up, it turned out Wright didn't have a permit for the gun. He ran away. And he was cited and ordered to appear in court. He didn't, which occasioned the warrant for his arrest. That's not all that appears on Wright's record. There was the February arrest for aggravated robbery. 
There was a disorderly conduct charge arising from a 2019 incident. There was the guilty plea in late 2019 to possession and sale of marijuana. And there was an arrest warrant for armed robbery. Wright was accused of choke-holding a woman and threatening her at gunpoint, demanding $820 intended to pay her rent. But Dante Wright's father called him a great kid. He said he was a normal kid. He was never in serious trouble. He enjoyed spending time with his two-year-old son. He loved his son, quote-unquote. Great kids don't fight with and then flee the cops. Great kids don't bring the police around because they're waving guns. Great kids aren't arrested for aggravated robbery or for dealing drugs. You aren't even allowed to talk about the fact that this 20-year-old kid had already messed up his life and may have been well on his way to becoming a career criminal. Dante Wright had perpetuated the cycle of -of out-of-wedlock children, academic failure, the inability to learn and deploy a marketable skill, and escalating criminal behavior that so horrifically afflicts the black community in this country. How do you prevent deaths like Dante Wright's? You try to prevent young men from living lives like Dante Wright's. Thank you, you, Dennis. Thank you, Dana. I mean, that's the message that you wanted from the governor of Minnesota, isn't it? Uh, you know, I, I love Dennis Prager. He, I, without him and without being able to read him and to listen to him, I would literally lose my mind. I know. You'd think you're crazy. I know. I yeah. Know. Yeah. And, and But you know what? If you played that for someone like my mother. Yeah, I was thinking who, about that. Who lives in that, her response would be that Dante Wright wasn't responsible for the choices in his life that he made. It's because he's oppressed by white people and lives in poverty. And I just that argument drives me nuts because you look at the millions of blacks living in poverty that aren't career criminals Correct. and do go to work. Correct. Why are we defining an entire race? Exactly. Why are we defining an entire race by its criminal exception? Thank you. Thank you. And, and when are we I, going to stop saying well, that fate didn't have something? To yeah. Do hold that thought. I mean, I have to take a quick break. I'm happy to pick up on that. If you want, you've been generous with your time. Um, but I'd love to hear you out on that. I have a few thoughts on it myself. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. How do you prevent deaths like Dante Wright's? You try to prevent young men from living lives like Dante Wright's. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. We were talking with Dana and Chandler about uh, the week we're going to see in Minneapolis um, and and this just very weird quick turn from the um, – the, um, the, uh, Treakley and, in fact, Oleaginis – uh, support for the police we saw from the Democrats circa January 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th, and how they have uh, reverted to uh, their anti-police uh, rhetoric and uh, beliefs These uh, 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 n- now that we're in April. Dana, um, we were talking about the excuses that are being made uh, on behalf of those that are engaging in violent riot and that will engage in it. And... Um, you know, there, there, there's there's an argument, I guess you were telling me, a, a liberal relative of yours, perhaps your mother, was going to make about about 
about the upbringing situation? Is that what the argument was? Well, yes. That that look, Dante Wright would be alive today had he just paid his stupid tags for his car. I mean, <laughs> he wouldn't have been pulled over, right? If his tags were not expired, he wouldn't have been pulled over. Well, if he didn't pull a gun on a woman and hold her at death choke point for right. eight hundred bucks, there wouldn't have been a warrant for his arrest. Correct. And 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 George Floyd would be alive today had he not chosen his life to be a life of crime. I mean, he'd gone to prison. Obviously, that didn't do anything for him because he still chose to live a life of crime. And and let's not forget that he was arrested or tried to be arrested by Derek Chauvin, not because he was a black man, because he was trying to pass fake $20 bills. He was in the process of committing crime. Any one of us could choose a life of crime, and our fate would be sealed for us. At some point in time, it catches up with you. Now, Dante Wright just happened to be very young at the time it caught up with him, but he still chose a life of crime. The answer to that is not necessarily throwing money at the problem. It certainly isn't feeding the problem by by giving people that have children out of wedlock money to continue to do that kind of behavior. But but we're not allowed to talk about it. And if we bring it up, we're accused of being these heartless conservatives that just don't care about people when it it couldn't be more opposite. But we're attacked for it, for, for actually having the guts to say, look, we're not doing people any favors by what we're doing right now. You know, there's this other uh, killing that was in the news a bit last week. It was of the um, see, 13-year-old Adam Toledo in Chicago. Yes. Yeah, and what is a thirteen-year-old right. doing? Right, that's out the, I was, in the you, you had me thinking that way. Are we allowed to ask the question what a thirteen-year-old no. is doing in a no. gang out and about at two thirty in the morning? Are we allowed to ask we're, that? We're question? not. He was just, you know, shot by the police because he's black with a gun. By the way, with a gun, with a gun. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And you know what's really interesting, Seth, about the whole gun thing? I have one that I carry in my purse, and, you know, it never jumped out and shot anybody. Yeah, it never has. Isn't has that it? amazing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been there for a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're coming for my guns and your guns because, you know, we just we're, we, we, we can't have them because of the, the, the few bad people that, you know. You know, I'm just thinking, you know, as, as – uh, thank you, Dana, for – all your thoughts here. I'm just thinking when you talk about conditions that gave them no other choice, it's just it's just a slander. It's just a slur. A lot of people were brought up and raised in um in 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 the lower quintiles, you know, without two parents in the home, in dire poverty. A lot of people were you know, there are 50 million Americans in poverty now, right, Dana? Something like 50 million? If if yeah. poverty were the cause of riot, there would be 50 million. <laughs> be a different world. Yeah, right, right. There would be um, nine times the amount of violent crime in this country that there is. And and, and it's just a tremendous slur. Do, 
do you know do you know the upbringing Larry Elder had? It's pretty tough. Yeah. You know the upbringing Candace Owens had? Pretty tough. You know the upbringing, I mean we were told, we were told we were supposed to admire the kind of upbringing and accomplishments of someone like Kamala Harris. So we know what the ideal is. Evidently, we know what the ideal is, the message she was going to send young minority girls through her accomplishments. Okay, we know that's the ideal. The ideal is not armed robbery, skipping court, waving a gun around in public. They, they, they will tell us they know what the ideal is. So why do they make these excuses? Why do they make these excuses that pander to the level of inspiring lawlessness? Why do they do that? You know, I think in my mom's case, because she's really the only one that I'm, I'm closest to that I could make a call on something like that, is guilt. Um, and I think she feels guilty for being raised a certain way and making certain decisions and having a good life that maybe other people don't have the opportunity or didn't have the opportunity to have. And, and that's the only thing I can come up with, you know, when you, when she says, Oh, you know, we stole land from the Indians and the native Americans. Okay, mom, if that's how you feel, give yours back. I mean, go find a native American Give them your house. Give them your lake house. Give them your cars. Give them, you know, whatever. No one. Does your mom? Does your mom? Does that. your mom give to? I, I assume the answer is yes, probably. Uh, to, but does your mom give to charity, charitable organizations? Probably. Um, very generously. Yeah, I'm sure she does. I, I don't know now. But okay, yes, no, but I, yeah, no, I, I, it just strikes me she would be someone that would, and, and, and the question then is how come. Because obviously those organizations are doing things within the law. They're doing legal things. Um, And they're obviously in existence because there is a problem. There is a complaint. There is a concern. There is a poverty. There is an educational deficit. There is something needed to better society that is the reason for these nonprofits to exist that your mom pays, gives generous donations to. But they all do it within the law. So what is her point then that the people that she would be out rioting with should be able to justify their rioting based on the fact of their upbringing. Why is she giving any money to legal organizations? Burn the place down. Give it all to the people who are rioting. That's her belief. Right. And you know, you're right. I should ask that. That's a very good question. Why give it to the law abiding there? The reason is because deep down, I think the left is a coward on this issue. They know what the right thing is, and they know what the law-abiding thing is, and they know that I'm depraved because I'm deprived is great in a 1950s musical. But there are just too many examples to the contrary for it to have any rational point anymore here in America. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I am Seth. The phone number is 602-508-0960. There's a little Jay Ferguson for you. Hi, Steve in Tempe. How are you? Uh, good, Seth. How are you? Good. That song remind you of your youth, high school discotheques? 
Oh, no. Yeah, no question. That well, it reminded, me, it reminded me when I first moved here to Arizona. Great song. I could I could see you probably playing a little volleyball at the monastery listening to it. Yeah, at, uh, actually at uh, uh, the, uh, the Bandersnatch. I don't know if you ever heard of that place. I there, don't think I did. Uh-uh. Or uh, Minder Binders. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Both of them had outdoor yes, and volleyball. Court. Yes, I sir. Many, many yes. games out there. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Maskless. Uh, yeah, Seth, interesting conversation with your previous caller. And, and uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Seth, just I wanted to just a couple things. First thing I wanted to say is, is you know, I, I keep thinking that Maxine Waters is, is – um, reach the bar where she won't say anything that's more disgraceful than the last thing that she said. But, I mean, what she has done today as it relates to this trial and the comments that she's made, I mean, she's basically given a, you know, they they did the same damn thing during the election uh, prior to uh, the election being completed, uh, indicating that if Trump gets elected, you know, cities are going to burn. Yeah. And she's doing the same thing with this trial. Do you, do you know why she's able to do this? Why she's able to go from bad to worse, and then you think that worse no. is bad, and then she ups it, ups the ante. She, she's able I, to I do it I because did, there's no. never a consequence. There's there's never a denunciation. There's never a reproof. Yeah. There's there's never a consequence. She has been given permission to keep going and going and going as far as she wants. There will be yeah. no problem within her caucus. Yeah. And she's never going to not be reelected. No. And so she was, yeah, she, right. she has she's been that. told and taught to just keep keep fulminating. Yeah, yeah. And Seth is uh, the other uh, comment is to add to what your previous caller was talking about. I've got a gun in my car and I've had it for, for many years. I'm a military man's kid, and my guns never jumped up and shot anybody either, and it, and it won't. And I'll tell you, Seth, what really worries me, this, this, this whole issue about what they're, well, it doesn't really worry me because I don't think it's ever going to happen. It's never going to get that, get to that point. But the gun control issue, it's not about, you know, safety or, you know, them coming after our guns, you know, being a safety issue. It's about control. And I'll use an example. I'll use the example. This is an extreme example, I know, but, but it's a fact in, um, in Germany, when Hitler was just becoming uh, coming into power, they had a passed a law, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but I don't believe that I am. They uh, had passed a law in the country that if you are of the Jewish faith, you are no longer allowed to own a firearm in the country of Germany. And the Jews were, were ba- you know, guns were basically taken out of the Jews' hands uh, by this law. And and the rest, as you know, is history. They're related to what happened after that. It's a control thing. They, they want to have that control. They're afraid of the populace having guns and being able to do the things they do um, and, and, and having it be a situation where, you know, it could essentially backfire on them or they'll have to, you know, defend themselves or we'll have to defend ourselves against what they're trying to uh, put on us. And I think I think that's what it all comes down to. It is a control thing. It's not a safety thing at all. 
You know it is, uh, the way you say it, Steve. You know it's a control and not a safety thing because just as in the previous call with Dana, we were talking about these um, terribly unfortunate, I mean, to put it no higher, terribly awful um, uh, shootings that are involving the police. It, it, it's a, it's 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 as evident to anyone that if there was no resisting of arrest, they'd be alive. Just as we can say, Steve, in almost every mass shooting that we've talked about that inspires or catalyzes these gun control debates, there's a mental health issue that got shunted aside and pushed aside and ignored and went through a civil liberties system that blocked getting that person the help that person needed or their family did. We know what the causes are, and it's not what the Democrats tell us. It's not racism, institutional or otherwise, and it's not the gun itself. Put in a word for my friend Solar Sandy. She truly is one of the hardest working women I know out there. She really cares and is so customer focused. The difference between Solar Sandy and other solar companies in Arizona is that she actually figured out how to truly zero out your power bill. It's so important when going solar, you do it the right way, and Solar Sandy has the formula. She wants to put more of your hard earned money back into your pocket. When you go solar with Solar Sandy, she will pay 12 months of your solar payments, any portion of your power bill for the first 12 months, and the first 50 families will receive a $1,000 signing bonus. That's right. No solar panel payment, no power bill for 12 months, and a $1,000 bonus at signing. There's no better time to go solar with Solar Sandy than right now. Go to AskSolarSandy.com. That's AskSolarSandy.com. She cares. She truly does. You'll see that in customer reviews and the fact that um, I just think so highly of her. AskSolarSandy.com. Stephen Tempe, did you have more uh, you wanted to, uh, to raise, or did we exhaust our uh, what we, we needed to? Steve? Okay, good. One of the things I um, – yeah, we'll come back to the Officer Sicknick thing. I mentioned it earlier. It's amazing how much the Democrats made – of Officer, Officer Sicknick's uh, death. And uh, the official report out today is that he, um, he died of a blood clot and two strokes the day after the riot. None of, it, none of it from blunt force or any other trauma. None of what you heard about him was true. In fact, yeah, let's play the Tucker Carlson on it. Who's who is this with Julie? Uh, Julie Kelly, I think. Go ahead. This is from a couple weeks ago. The events of January 6th of this year at the U.S. Capitol have been used to completely change not just our political environment in Washington, but the country itself. It was an insurrection, they told us, by white supremacists. Now, to justify their hysteria, they have told us again and again that rioters murdered a Capitol Hill police officer that day called Brian Sicknick. They even told us in fairly precise terms how that murder occurred. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the hours-long attack. They beat 
a Capitol Police officer to death with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight. He died at the age of 42 after he was bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher. Officer Brian Sicknick died, that is true, but the liars on television misled us about how he died. And the truth is, we still don't know. We do know. Today, do know. two people were arrested for assaulting Brian Sicknick, but they were not charged with murder because authorities acknowledged that they are not sure how Brian Sicknick died. Now, the details of that day matter, once again, because they're used as a pretext for changing this country. Julie Kelly is one of the few people who has been on this story in a forensic, precise way, trying to get to the bottom of what actually happened. She's a senior contributor to American Greatness. She joins us tonight. Julie, thanks for coming on. So two people arrested for assaulting Officer Sicknick. Tell us what we know mm -hmm. about his death, if you would. So we don't know much at all. The D.C. Medical Examiner's Office refuses to release the autopsy and toxicology reports on Officer Sicknick, who, as you pointed out, died tragically at the age of 42. We were told for weeks, based on uh, a lie, a misleading report, a fabricated report in the New York Times, published January 8th, that he was killed by Trump loyalists with a fire extinguisher. That claim even made it into the Democrats' House impeachment memo against the president. Um, but none of it was true. It has all been a fabricated lie to mislead the American people and justify the impeachment of Donald Trump and, of course, to criminalize not just the people who were at the Capitol January 6th, but almost 75 million Trump voters. So today, as you said, two men have finally been charged with assaulting a federal officer with a deadly weapon, which is bear spray. Um, and But we still don't know, and we may never know, if any attack or assault with bear spray led to Officer Sicknick's death. So we do know that today. And what we know is that it didn't. What we know is they were clots. And uh, obviously, uh, obviously, any anyone in uniform who falls takes an extra measure of, uh, of uh, devotion from us um, because they were standing up to defend all of us. So we, 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 we obviously send our best thoughts to the family. But shame on those who politicized this. Shame on those who used this death to inspire a mass myth narrative. A mass myth narrative of a violent radical right that killed a police officer. The only person the only person who was actually killed, killed on January 6th at the riots was a Trump supporter, Ashley Babbitt. She was the only person actually killed. And we will never know by whom. The Capitol Police knows. They just won't reveal that person's name or likeness. If Ashley Babbitt, who was shot in the chest, unarmed herself, by the way, were not white, we'd know that police officer's name. Steve, I'm sorry, you did have one more thought. Go ahead, sir. Yes, sir, thank you. Um, yeah, no, I was just going to add just what you just what you said it's interesting how i mean it, it, it's just fascinating the way the 
the media right now, and I and I say fascinating in a in a bad way as it relates to how the how these stories are being being spun uh, on every level as it relates, and especially uh, during this quote unquote insurrection that happened. How about the fact that she was unarmed? She was shot. There was no inquiry or, or an inquiry that, that probably took five, ten minutes to determine that that this guy was apparently, or a woman, I don't know if it was a man or woman that ended up shooting her, but, you know, that, that, that in fact that shooting was justified and, it, and there's nothing to look at here, nothing to be concerned about, so let's move on. Let's talk about how, uh, how uh, Officer Thicknick was ca- killed by blunt force trauma by getting hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. Just never happened. Just never happened. Just made up out of thin air from an anonymous source, no doubt. See, the problem, Steve, is you haven't read your animal farm lately. Some lives are more valuable than others, sir. At least so the media thinks. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. While it is the constant tendency of the old Adam to rebel against so universal and automatic a thing as civilization, to preach departure and rebellion, the romance of police activity keeps in some sense before the mind the fact that civilization itself is the most sensational of departures and the most romantic of rebellions. By dealing with the unsleeping sentinels who guard the outposts of society, it tends to remind us that we live in an armed camp, making war with a chaotic world, and that criminals, the children of chaos, are nothing but the traitors within our gates. When the detective in a police romance stands alone and somewhat fatuously fearless amid the knives and fists of a thieves' kitchen, it does certainly serve to make us remember that it is the agent of social justice who is the original and poetic figure. While the burglars and footpads are merely placid old cosmic conservatives happy in the immemorial respectability of apes and wolves, the romance of the police force is thus the whole romance of man. It is based on the fact that morality is the most dark and daring of conspiracies. It reminds us that the whole noiseless and unnoticeable police management by which we are ruled and protected is a successful knight errantry. That's G.K. Chesterton. Thank you, those of you serving in police forces in earshot of this show and throughout the country. Thank you for standing between us and the children of chaos. You're going to have a hard week, but we'll be here for you as you're there for us every day. Until tomorrow, I'm Seth Leapson. God bless. Class dismissed.